you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fantasy freaks and geeks, what's going on? You're listening to the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. James Go here with you, joined alongside by MG, my guy, Marcus Grant. What's going on, pal? Sorry, I'm a little distracted. <laughs> we are all a little distracted. A little distracted right now. We are in the middle of uh, World Cup fever. Extra time. Extra time. Colombia, England. Let's go, World Cup. Uh, the Whisket from Wisconsin, Alex Gellar. What's going on, man? How you yeah, doing? fortunately, we have the technology up here where there's a nice flat screen TV positioned like right in front of the <laughs> studio. I mean, most of these monitors are typically used so we yeah. can see kind of what's going on right. when there are live video shows up here. But, but just slip, that, slip yeah. that Fox feed right yeah. over there into uh, right in there. one of those monitors and yeah. we'll watch the World Cup as we pod. A little football. Why not? Uh, we got a new person behind the glass. It is producer Lindsay back there uh, manning the show for us today. Lindsay, how are you today? I'm great. How are you guys? We're doing well. Uh, we welcome you into the podcast. It's your very first uh, NFL Fantasy Live podcast, is it not? Yeah, it is. All right. Thanks. I, how <laughs> That's uh, clear excitement. Happy to be a part of it. <laughs> I am excited. No, you're not. I'm always out. excited to do something new. <laughs> All right, that's true. All right, fair enough. Uh, get your uh, daily daps ready. We're going to hit you at the end uh, of this show. But we got a great show in front of us here today. We're going to be talking about the uh, AFC North, a little roster reset for the Steelers, Bengals, Browns, and Ravens. Plus, MG, my guy, Marcus Grant, will defend his takes. He's going to defend his honor. That's right. <laughs> He's going to talk about Tariq Cohen and why. Yes, indeed, he is worth his current eighth round ADP. He's going to lay it out all for us. We'll close out our show, as we mentioned, with a round of daily daps. But we start your show, as we always do, with your top fantasy headlines. Oh, my God, the news! We really do have breaking news. Hey, did you guys know that the Eagles, the Patriots, are playing in the Super Bowl? That is breaking news. Breaking news. <laughs> news. Breaking news is always a little... uh Tongue-in-cheek around these parts. <laughs> Sometimes we talk about news that happened a few days ago. But uh, legitimately breaking news here. Uh, literally minutes before we started potting, 
The news of Aaron Jones being suspended two games by the NFL for violating the league's PED policy. Well, wait, it's uh, is does it include PEDs? Because policy and programs for substance of abuse, which I'm I actually trying seen... to roll through it okay. right now, and I think that's more of like the alcohol mm. weed one. Don't know that it's PEDs. That's an obviously logical jump since just honestly two days ago we had stories of uh, I, I'm so much more so much bigger and so much stronger coming from Aaron Jones. Very good point. But uh, I think uh, you're the, right. Actually, going through it all now, uh, I, I jumped the gun there a little bit. Uh, two games for this is from Mike Garofolo. Two games for uh, running back Aaron Jones. League announces violation of the substance abuse policy. And then if I read further. Uh, Aaron Jones pleaded no contest to a marijuana-related traffic charge in March. Mm, yes, this one. This was the this. So this is stemming from the charge that happened a while ago. I wasn't sure when the news came out because, like we said, we just saw the tweets right before we came up here. If it was going to be something new or right. from that, Makes I think he got like pulled over for speeding and they had marijuana in the car, and this is the result of that. Okay, so there you go. So, uh, <clears throat> but at the very same time, I mean, this happened a couple days ago, but uh, Packers.com. Uh, said that Aaron Jones had report- reportedly bulked up this off season, trying to get better in pass protection, trying to improve improve his um, you know I guess conditioning and try- ability to stay on the field in terms of health because he did miss a few games last year uh, with a couple of different knee ailments. So uh, he's bulked up. He's going to miss two games. Uh, we know he's electric on the field. Uh, what is this news and, and news, too, that he has, again, put on a little extra muscle, uh, especially in the lower half due for Aaron Jones's stock right Well, first, now. do we know, is he, is he BSOHL? Best shape of his life? Is he well, the best I, shape I of believe his life? so. He, he's uh, in the midst of a young life right now, seeing this his second season. But that article was that yeah. as soon as last season ended, he was in the weight room every day. Right, we, oh, there you bringing go. his lunch pail. Yeah. There you go. Written it up. You know? Great off-season narratives. Uh, this is damaging, I think, to his uh, his outlook this this season because okay. he was already mired in a committee. Yeah, they, the word on the street had been that they were going to use a committee or hot hand approach. Jamal, and Williams. now there are two games for either Ty Montgomery or Jamal Williams right. to assert themselves with Aaron Rodgers in that offense and for him to get comfortable. And if the offense is humming along with either Jamal Williams, who I think should get a bigger bump here than Ty Montgomery, or Ty Montgomery. Why are they going to necessarily turn it right over to Jones? We've seen he's been explosive before, but now he's got two big red flags coming the season. He's coming off of multiple knee injuries. Right. I mean, they were they were MCL, so all it took was uh, recovery time. Sure. But injuries and a suspension. Right. Like, that's, that's putting him behind the eight ball here big time. Not very good. Uh, am I crazy for thinking that actually this helps Ty Montgomery the best? I, I think Ty Montgomery being a, a third down passing option and – uh, and those kind of things. I think he's he's got a skill set, anyways, that I think might jive a little bit better with his pack. Hey, listen, man. Again, we're a year removed from hyping the hell out of Ty Montgomery. Uh, it's not like this guy's gotten significantly worse. He just got passed over uh, because of injuries by one of the guys that's still there with him right now, Jamal Williams. <laughs> well, I mean, a lot of it had to do with injury, though. Yeah, but both of those other guys were far more productive in the offense than Ty Montgomery was. Ty Montgomery was productive on, like, but horribly inefficient on yeah. just a ton of volume. Right. And, like, the, the Jones v. Williams debate at the end of last season, Jones obviously had a higher yards per carry, higher yards after contact, and things yep. of that nature. But he had the benefit of playing with Aaron Rodgers for at least one of those games. Jamal True. Williams was always in a Brett Hundley offense, but still performed better than Ty Montgomery. Mm, interesting. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I think for my money, I, I might – 
I'm I'm bumping up Ty Montgomery, man. At least for the first couple of games. I mean, sure. Give him a chance. I mean, look, give it, him a chance. It does bring him back closer to relevance, right? Um, but when Aaron Jones comes back, does he go back to irrelevance or at least lesser relevant? All right. Well, let's talk about Aaron Jones. At least from a drafting standpoint, what are you doing with him? I mean, he was already going in the in you know. I, I want to say he was crawling up into the single digits, but uh, certainly in a lot of leagues he was going double-digit rounds. Uh, again, going to miss two games of the, of the regular season. Not a big chunk of change, but still, uh, you know, unc- you know, certainly there's not a lot of clarity in the Green Bay backfield. He's going to be missing two games because of suspension. What, what, what do we do with his draft price? I think it's. I think he doesn't get drafted now in a lot of leagues. I would agree. With that. <laughs> I mean, if he was just kind of on the fringes to begin with, because just it's so cloudy in that backfield, right? And now he's not going to play the first couple of weeks. I mean, I just think people are – you'll find plenty of other options to spend a late-round draft pick on. The, I kind of would agree with that. The big thing to remember when it comes to whether or not to draft suspended players, whether yes. they're of the high upside ilk like an Aaron Jones but with a lot more risk or okay. like a Mark Ingram, is it all depends on how your league is built. Because it's easy to say here, oh, yeah, grab him and stash him. But if yeah. you are in a league that only has four bench spots, it's true. that is a massive hole in it's your true. bench that could be reserved for somebody else that's actually playing or, or could contribute or could back up somebody that you have that might get injured elsewise. So okay. make sure to weigh that consideration in when you're debating whether or not to draft these guys. A two-game suspension isn't as big as Ingram's, yeah. but like still – that's the, those first couple weeks are are the heart of like the waiver wire. That's when like Kareem Hunt got picked up last year. That's when like Devonta Freeman got I you almost, know two years ago got got dropped and then added in a yeah. lot of leagues when it looked yeah, like yeah. Tevin, Tevin Coleman, Coleman was the, the guy. guy. Yeah, yeah. He gets injured. Freeman comes <laughs> in like fourteen hundred total yards and fourteen touchdowns later. He's the fantasy superstar. So, so like that's such an important time period in the NFL season, right. fantasy season for your waiver wire. You really have to be cognizant of like how your how deep your league is and how deep the benches are before you go drafting guys like this. I I first at my first inc- inclination was to say ah you're not going to draft Aaron Jones. But then now the the more I think about it though. He would be the number one waiver ad after week two, would he not? Uh, unless Jamal Williams or Ty Montgomery has just in explodes, those first two weeks goes has nuts. 250 total yards and four touchdowns, which is entirely possible. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. Hey, let's play a little game of something or nothing, shall we? Let's. Okay. Something or nothing. Allen Robinson has missed the Bears' entire offseason program thus far. The team, though, says he'll be back July 19th. For the start of training camp, ADP in the low 40s on Fantasy Football Calculator. Something or nothing, Allen Robinson's missed the entire offseason program. Marcus Grant. Uh, it's not nothing. So I guess that makes so it something. something. So I guess that makes it something. <laughs> That's the, you know, the, the whole game is there's one thing or <laughs> the other. Yeah. Well, it's not one thing, so I yeah, guess that it makes it the other. Yeah, it, I mean, it definitely is something. I, I don't – I'm not – panicking just yet I've, you know, I've seen some people talking about how they're moving him down their rankings and whatever i'm cool with leaving him where i have him i think he's fine um Low 40s sounds yeah, about I right think, to i you. think right now that's still fine you know about I, right I, to me too look, it's it's still early july right yeah. like let's get into training camp let's see if he's there how he performs what happens like yeah you would like a guy on a new team to have been there in the offseason and worked with the quarterbacks and looked you know learned the playbook and that sort of thing yeah, yeah. it would be nice it'd be great I still think Allen Robinson's going to be fine. He's still going to be the top target there, so I'm not I'm not panicked about it. Alex Gelhar, something or nothing? Uh, it is something, but it could very quickly become nothing. Okay. Because very good. Uh, attached to that report as well was, yes, there was the part of the statement that was uh, he hasn't really participated all offseason, but then the other addendum was that they fully expect they expect him to be a full go when training camp starts. So for now, it is something. Yes. If when training camp starts in a couple weeks, He's still missing or still limited. It will continue to be something. Yeah. But if at the end of July, 
Allen Robinson's out there, full go, running routes, catching passes, doing all that nothing. jazz. Not worried. All right. Something or nothing, Colts running back Robert Turbin was suspended four games for violating the league's policy on performance-enhancing drugs. It clears the room a little bit. It's a very crowded running back room there in Indianapolis. Marlon Mack, who's the starter anyways, he's supposed to be the starter anyways, but late-round rookies Naheem Hines and Jordan Wilkins have been getting a little bit of pub, and they're also in the mix, and you knew Robert Turbin might be getting into the mix as well. Something or nothing, Robert Turbin clears a little bit of space here now uh, for two, you know, hyped rookies and I, I don't want to say hype, but two rookies that do have a little bit of upside as well as Marlon Mack, who seems to be everyone's favorite sleeper. I think it's I think it's something. The fact that he's going to be out of the way now, like in, in fantasy, opportunity drives everything. Oh, yeah. And Turbin was a guy that was stealing a lot of opportunity opportunities early last year before he got before he got injured. So with him out of the way, that's going to free up practice reps, or I mean, he might be in practice, but it's going to free up a lot of reps and opportunities for these two guys, sure. both, of who, both of whom have been getting hyped by the coaching staff. Just yeah. saw yesterday that uh, the general manager, Chris Ballard, had said that Jordan Wilkins reminded him of Matt Forte. Hello. The way Ooh. he's been practicing. and Go get it. With his kind of silkiness, you know, Matt yeah, Forte was exactly. so smooth. But I, either way, I mean, both of these guys were already good late-round options to circle, and just clearing a path to more opportunities makes them even more appealing. Yeah, no, I, I definitely think it's something, you know, there's even some talk that, that uh, Turbin could be kind of a, a roster bubble guy now because of this. I mean, right. I figure he was in a crowded backfield. Now he's going to miss four games. Um, you know, the Colts can obviously figure out something else. And I, just – ATs for uh, the coming weeks. I, I have a piece I'm working on. Basically, it's the the best players that you're not drafting, guys who are kind of late round or undrafted guys right now. And and I'm I'm starting to like Naheem Hines. I mean, he was one of those guys who came. You, we got through OTAs and everything, and and he was uh, he was a hype bunny. They talked about how they moved him all over the field. And they're able to do different things with him. How he's so I mean, speed, speed, speed. Everybody's looking for that. You know that that Tyreek Hill. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, whatever, Swiss Army Knife kind of guy. So I think, you know, I think they're trying Hines in that role. And I'm, yeah. I'm starting to get a little more uh, on board with him as kind of a late-round dart throw sort of guy. Okay, I like it. Something or nothing, Jameis Winston suspended three games for violating the league's personal conduct policy. Uh, just in general, I, I just I just wonder why it wasn't six games. I'm very confused by that. The league has a personal conduct policy. It's supposed to be six games. Wait a minute. You're confused by a suspension <laughs> given out by the league? <laughs> James, it's not like there's a long history of arbitrary assignments of punishments for varying things. <laughs> How is it three games? It's supposed to be six games. How are any of them any games? They, there's no consistency. That's my favorite is when a suspension comes out and people are like, how could this be? And I'm like, have you guys not watched any of these other suspensions for like the last eight years? I'm confused. I think it's something. Thing, though. All right. Uh, something or nothing. Uh, Marcus Grant, we'll start with you. Definitely something. Um, I look, I, and I know I said last week that, yeah, it, it's Ryan Fitzpatrick. It's different than having some random you know quarterback who hasn't seen a whole lot of action because, right. because we know Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to play every year. He's going to start at some point. Yep. Um, but I, I do think it's something in the fact that the Bucks schedule to start the year it's rough. is Brutal. Rough. Eagles, rough. Steelers, Saints in some sort of order. Right. So, like, so to have to go into that gauntlet without your starting quarterback, without your, you know, supposed franchise quarterback, yeah. um, that is going to be impactful. And that's going to have an impact on everybody from, you know, Mike Evans to Deshaun Jackson all the way down through the running backs, whether it's, you know, Ronald Jones, Charles Sims, whoever else may be there. Peyton um, Barber. Yeah. So it it is definitely something <laughs> for me. Uh, can I say, I think it's going to be, from a fantasy perspective, I think it's going to be nothing. I think from a real-life perspective, I think it's something. 
But from a fantasy perspective, I think it's nothing, man. I, I think in those three games, as you mentioned, tough games in real life. But in fantasy, I'm not so sure. I think they might be higher scoring games. They'll certainly have. They'll certainly those three teams, Philadelphia, the Steelers, and New Orleans, will certainly force Tampa Bay to at least try to run a little bit more up tempo, whether it's in the second half or it's in the first half. We'll see. It doesn't matter. But the bottom line is they're going to be forced into a situation that I believe anyways, where they're going to have to at least put the ball in the air a little bit more. As you mentioned, Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, a capable backup, I think, for guys like Mike Evans, who might be pressed into service. Deshaun Jackson might be pressed into service. Even Ronald Jones, who, again, even though he only caught 14 passes last year as a, as a Trojan, I think we're all sitting here in this room saying, hey, I, I think he can do that. Uh, so I, I think from a fantasy perspective, I think it might be a little bit of nothing, quite honestly. Um, if anything... I think what we saw last year is that Cameron Bright might not do anything in those games. I'm actually very, very intrigued by what O.J. Howard might bring to the table at the tight end position in those first three games with Jameis Winston. I feel like he's a guy we haven't talked about a whole lot. O.J. Howard? As we're looking, yeah, as we keep diving deeper down trying to find other tight end options, I feel like we haven't mentioned him a lot. I mean, there seemed to be a serious connection. Was there not between Ryan Fitzpatrick and O.J. Howard? Yeah, because he wasn't throwing it to Cameron Bray. He wasn't at all. <laughs> Harvard? No, no, no. Get out of my way. Where's O.J. Howard? If I'm not mistaken, uh, a couple of those times, it was when they were they ran like the same play in multiple games that Ryan Fitzpatrick started that was one of those like hit and release things where right. like O.J. Howard came across like, I'm going to block you, and then just slipped across all the yeah. way and was wide open on the side of the field. Right, right. It, it was not sort of like he had some massive preference and was like tunnel vision onto O.J. Howard. Okay. But Sure, that's fair. something to watch. There's other late-round tight ends I'd rather take a stab at. I love O.J. Howard's uh, talent, but I'm just worried about his target share. Out of baby. There you go. All right, let's get on. Let's get on with it. MG, my guy, Marcus Grant, he's going to defend his honor. Defend your take. That's right. <laughs> uh, you just wrote a piece on NFL.com slash fantasy football. Uh, go read it. Go read it right now. You can also find this piece, NFL.com slash Grant, if you would be oh so kind. But uh, Marcus Grant lays out why. Tariq Cohen is worth his current eighth round ADP. I think he's got an ADP somewhere around 90, uh, according to fantasy football. Right. Somewhere around there. I have, I've, De- I didn't depending on the day, he's either you know late seventh, early eighth. He just okay. kind of tends to float, you know, basically, basically depending on, on on the week. And we had talked about this previously on this podcast. Yes, you all mocked me <laughs> because I said I took Tariq Cohen. I don't know if we mocked you. In, uh, a little in, aggressive. That's I, you guys, you guys, I, I took him like late in the seventh <laughs> round of a mock draft. And you yeah. said I was the worst, uh, worst fantasy analyst ever. <laughs> That's true. Uh, <laughs> That's accurate. That's so accurate. you know, look, I, I went. Well, through, why Tariq Cohen? Well, Tariq Cohen. Partially, a lot of it has to do with Matt Nagy showing up there in Chicago and yeah. really changing that offense. And, and Cohen was a guy who, you know, look, I get it. His his fantasy numbers. I think he had like ninety some odd points, low nineties. Um, you know, nothing that that people were were clamoring over. But John Fox. John Fox one, John Fox, <laughs> but also he still got a lot of work even with John Fox. I mean, yeah. I think he was second on the team in touches, I believe. I mean, he saw a lot of opportunity, and when you saw him get the ball in his hands, um, you could just see what he could do with it, man. I mean, the agility, the speed, the the explosiveness, all of that. Yes, he is small. He is, or at least he is short. We'll say that. But the guy, he he's got a lot of of physical ability. First of all, now he's in an offense. That does want to throw the football. I know we, we talked about that maybe it's a little bit overblown how much we talk about that, but certainly when it comes to guys in that backfield who can catch the football, you're going to go with Tariq Cohen before you go with Jordan Howard. And, and 
I still think Jordan Howard gets his touches. He's still going to be the lead back. He's still going to get plenty of opportunity there. But you've got now a new creative offensive mind that wants to do different things, that's going to take a really talented player and find ways to put him all over the field and a lot of different opportunities. So in that respect, I think Cohen has he's kind of fit for that role. On top of it, this is a Bears offense last year that was not very prolific, was because they just didn't get a lot of opportunities. They, right. they were about last in the league in number of drives. They were last in – Yeah, they, I mean, they were, they were near the bottom in, in uh, you know, yards per drive, in points per drive. I can't imagine that happens again now with Matt Nagy. I don't think they turn into what we saw with the Chiefs last year. They're not going to be a juggernaut all of a sudden, okay. but they are going to start to improve. And so with more opportunities, that means more chances for Cohen to get the ball. That means more chances for Allen Robinson whenever he's back. That means chances for Trey Burton. Uh, I just think there's going to be more opportunity in this offense overall. And with everybody, as I mentioned, trying to find that jack-of-all-trades offensive player, right. Tariq Cohen slides in like that. And I just I do see a situation where – don't worry about the rushing yards or the receiving yards individually. Look yeah. at what he'll give you overall. I think he can get close to a hundred uh, to a thousand, eleven hundred yards. Okay, if he can get you, you know, five to seven touchdowns. That's a solid RB two for me. It's not bad. Eighth it's round. Not bad. I'm cool with that. A thousand, uh, a thousand and, and seven. No, oh, you sign up for that all day long. All day. Yeah. All I mean, day last year, and this is not apples apples. But last year, he had about. 700 yards and three touchdowns. Yeah, so that's, 703 in John Fox's offense. That's, that's, that's a big jump, though. I feel, I, I feel as if we should give him bonus points for that. You, make some, you <laughs> made some good points in your article, Marcus, but my, like, my hesitation with Tariq Cohen in the eighth is yeah. that one of the things you talked about was also, also the parallels of like you know the Tyreek Hill movable chess piece kind of thing all over the place. But the Bears also went out and got that this year. They went Taylor and got Gabriel. Taylor Gabriel, yeah. who's a guy that you can line up all over the field, who you can give little bubble screens to, who you can send deep. Uh, and he could eat into some of that upside and those upside plays for uh, Cohen. And also, like, yes, last year, if he was second in touches, that's also because, like, who the hell else were the Bears going to give the ball to? Not only did they get Taylor Gabriel, they went out and got Allen Robinson, Trey Burton. So, like, you paint an, an a believable path for Tariq Cohen to having that type of year. Right. I just think there are too many other roadblocks in the best sense for the Bears offense, like that they have so many other good players now. Yeah. But those will be but, bumps on the road to Tariq Cohen hitting and also, that ceiling. I think it's it, we I think we're also kind of projecting forward for Matt Nagy, right? In, in terms of we haven't actually seen him do what he's going to do as a head coach. Uh, there was a lot of op- there. There, look, man. This story has been played out many, many times before. Uh, a hot shot offensive coordinator gets a head coaching gig, and everything falls flat. I'm not. I'm not saying that's Matt Nagy. I'm just saying, not everybody's going to be Sean McVay. You know what I'm saying? So, and I get it's going to be a little bit more high tempo, uh, but at, at, there's at least some trepidation there uh, in my mind for the Chicago Bears. But you know, I want to go back to your column, MG. Okay. You brought up a great point. Matt Nagy coming from Kansas City. Can you talk about what he did in terms of, um, I don't want to say transforming. So you go from Tariq Cohen to Tyreek Hill. So he didn't necessarily transform Tyreek Hill. No. Man, I'll tell you what, he shepherded him in the right direction. Right. I think, I, think that's the, I think that's the best way to describe it is that he saw what was there potentially and yeah. found a way to sort of unlock that and get the most out of it. Because Tyreek Hill, you know, his, he had nine touchdowns as a rookie, which – is a huge number. Huge. Yardage-wise, it was fine. He had somewhere around 800, 850, something like that, uh, yardage-wise altogether. So that is – but I think at that point, Nagy looked at him and said, okay, this is a guy who can be a matchup nightmare if we can line him up in the right spots and get him on certain players. And I think – and I look at that and, and, and feel like he wants to do that with with Tariq Cohen. Um, 
I mean, I might be, you know, sort of a, a sucker for some of the offseason. Like, I've lined up everywhere, and they want me to do – I think I think the quote from Cohen was, uh, they want me to do everything but kick the ball, and if they ask me to do that, <laughs> I'll do that too. Uh, you know, so, something to that yeah. effect. So I, I just – I see that as, as Nagy kind of – obviously, the, the Chiefs to Bears is not a one-to-one comparison in terms of their personnel, but I think in terms of trying to find some of those similar roles, yeah. uh, I, think, I think Nagy at least is identifying guys who could – kind of do some of those other things. I think another reason for the optimism, too, uh, and again, I know I just kind of splashed a little cold water on there, but I think part <laughs> of I think part of the, the reason for the for the optimism, too, is the fact that, hey, listen, man, Mitchell Trubisky, he's got a big arm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't know whether or not he's going to be terribly accurate because I don't think he was terribly accurate at North Carolina, but um, a big arm tends to erase a lot of mistakes uh, sometimes, you know what I'm saying, at least from an offensive production standpoint. From a production standpoint, wins and losses, I don't know, man, but – uh, bottom line is, I think you know Mitchell Trubisky being back there, slaying the rock all over the place. Certainly, I think it it, it lends itself to to hope and optimism uh, for a lot of folks uh, who are you know picking the Bears at least to to make a huge leap in twenty. Yeah, I don't really care how many games they win. I just need those yards. And That's right, touchdowns. baby. That's right, just baby. Those fantasy points. <laughs> uh, the Bears they play in the NFC North, but the roster reset today is on the AFC North. We're gonna go top to bottom. We'll start. You know, it's. I look at this division, guys, uh, and as I was putting the rundown together, it's pretty much the same old, same old, except for the Browns. I mean, all across <laughs> the board, there are there are there haven't been too many splashy uh, signings or, or draft picks or whatever it might be. We'll get to all of those. There are some there, so. moves that could have big ripple effects, though. Sure, we're well, not gonna. Spend minutes and minutes upon Mason Rudolph and what that means. Uh, that's a negative, okay. Ghost Rider. Uh, we will start with the Steelers. You mentioned Mason Rudolph. 13-3 uh, last year. A lot of folks expecting, again, big things from the Pittsburgh Steelers going to 2018. Offensively, again, nothing really has changed, man. Love Bell franchised again. Love Bell a top three pick. Antonio Brown a top six pick. Juju Smith-Schuster comes with a top 50 price tag, if that is your flavor. Big Ben, a late-round quarterback and a good streamer, if you want to do it that way. Am I missing anything with the Pittsburgh Steelers from a I fantasy mean, perspective? I think I think the, the biggest thing with the Steelers is the guy who's not there, and that's Martavis Bryant, mm. which which opens some things up, I think, more for, for Juju. Yep. Um, but uh, Vance McDonald, maybe. Uh, he's still there as their tight end, right? because they, they Indeed, traded yes. for him or picked him up. Maybe somebody to keep an eye on for streaming. But otherwise, no, we know what the Steelers are. We know where yep. their bread is buttered, as do they. Don't really have much else to discuss here, in I would my agree. honest opinion. Uh, the Ravens, 9-7 and seven last year. They were second in that division. It's a wide receiver overhaul. They signed Michael Crabtree and his gold chains from Oakland. So he got snatched from Oakland? <laughs> hey <laughs> <laughs> John Brown and his one-and-a-half functional hamstrings they signed away from Arizona. <laughs> And they signed Willie Sneed. I don't have anything snarky to say about Willie Sneed. They signed Willie Sneed from <laughs> New Orleans. All right, we'll start with Michael Crabtree, all right? 14 games last year, 58 receptions, 618 yards. Did chip in with eight touchdowns. So he was a touchdown maker, and he has been a touchdown maker throughout his career as well. But the 618 yards certainly um, not great. It's not great, Bob. I'd point those fingers more at the Raiders and their yeah, offense the in general. Crabtree <laughs> offense was real bad. Uh, but what do we make of the – we'll start again with Michael Crabtree. What do we make of that signing there in Baltimore, Alex Gilhart? Oh, I think he's a great discount uh, wide receiver one on this team. He's more of a wide receiver two, three in fantasy to get here. Mm-hmm. But uh, we saw it for a while. You know, Jeremy Macklin had some usable weeks last year uh, for the Ravens, as did uh, Mike Wallace. But 
uh, Crabtree's going to come in. He's he's younger and healthier than those two guys, and he's going to give Flacco or Lamar Jackson a very reliable target right. and a great threat in the red zone. So he's not a guy that I think you're going to get. And every week you're going to be like, "Woo, Michael Crabtree, winning me a <laughs> week!" Right. But you're going to get that. You're going to get there. And if it's especially like his PPR, it might be like you know five for seventy and a touch. You're like, "All right, you'll sign up for that." All right. I honestly, it's not every week, but you know he's going to yeah, put up yeah, yeah, regular yeah, numbers yeah. for you. Right. Like I feel like his numbers in Baltimore won't be drastically different than his numbers in Oakland. Yeah. I mean, and that's, and that's well, not a knock on him at all. I, I mean, mean, I would hope. I mean, I hope they're a bit different. Well, then this past year, but okay, no, okay. the years before, right. like because, close to 1,000 and like eight right. touchdowns or so. I mean, so. before this year, good. well, even last year, though, I mean, he, he had been the best fantasy receiver in Oakland the yep. last few he years. He beat Amari right. Cooper you know, while, every single time. While we had been hyping Amari Cooper and people were drafting him first, it was right. Michael Crabtree putting up the better numbers. So I, exactly I do. Right. I, I mean, I, I can see him getting back to – you know, 900 yards, 1,000 yards, again, you know, six to eight touchdowns. That's fine. I'm cool with that. Fantasy Football Calculator has Michael Crabtree early seventh round uh, just on a 12-team league. but uh, Feels perfect. ADP in the late 70s for those folks who might be interested in his services. John Brown, 10 games last year. He only had five starts, 21 receptions, 299 yards, three touchdowns. Really nothing to write home about. But um, playing, again, as a speedster on the opposite side, it certainly could open some doors for this offense that – uh, has really predicated itself on play action and, and the ability for Joe Flacco uh, to be able to connect on a long ball. And again, we don't know necessarily if Joe Flacco is going to be that guy through 16 games, but who knows, whatever. We know that the skill set is still there. John Brown's their deep threat. Uh, but that being said, I, 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 I cannot imagine anybody drafting John Brown, no? Uh, maybe a late round flyer in a deeper in a deeper league, but he's probably a guy I'm just gonna keep an eye on for the waiver wire. Um, because for John Brown to hit in fantasy, we need like multiple things to go right for right. multiple players. We need Joe Flacco's back to hold up and him to regain that arm strength from earlier in his career. Because I mean, it's tough to chuck that rock deep if you got a bum back. Sure, sure. And then we need John Brown's legs to hold up and yeah, him yeah. to return to that form we saw when he was a perennial breakout candidate. Uh, currently undrafted, uh, outside of the top 200 on Fantasy Football Calculator. Willie Sneed, 11 games, seven starts last year. Clearly, uh, it was a it was a, a struggle for Willie Sneed in New Orleans. Uh, eight receptions, 92 yards, zero touchdowns. But between 2015 and 2016, okay, those two seasons, if you took the average there, he averaged 70 receptions, 940 yards, and four touchdowns. Very usable as a fantasy asset. What do we think of Willie Sneed now in Baltimore playing that slot receiver role, Alex Gilhan. If I'm not drafting John Brown, I'm not drafting <laughs> It's as simple as that. John Brown would be way ahead of Willie Sneed. Wow, him. way ahead? Yeah. Oh, man, I don't know about Sneed, that. Sneed had some had some good times, but he also, yeah. uh, you know, he got, like, suspended last year yeah, and did. didn't quite look like the same player. And uh, he feels like a little bit more of a possible, like, reclamation project with the Ravens, where I okay. think Brown's going to be seeing the field a little more regularly. And he has higher upside because he can get deep and he's got that breakneck speed. Willie Sneed currently undrafted on Fantasy Football Calculator as well. Uh, they, they, the Baltimore Ravens, also drafted explosive quarterback out of Louisville. Lamar Jackson. Louisville. Louisville. That's some uh, great audio right there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it's interesting. There seems to be some growing momentum that drafting Lamar Jackson as a late round pick could pay huge dividends. It's almost a, a lottery ticket style pick. Uh, does Lamar Jackson have a realistic chance to do something like Deshaun Watson did last year 
given Joe Flacco is in front of him there in Baltimore. MG, my guy, Marcus Grant. He does. And and I I mean, I am on the Lamar Jackson train. I, I don't know that I'm going to spend a late round pick on him just because I'm not in yep. the business of generally drafting two quarterbacks. Nope. Um, but, you know, he's a guy that I'm certainly keeping. I'm keeping an eye on Joe Flacco because I fully believe that Lamar Jackson is going to start at some point this season. I don't know when exactly, but okay. he's going to be their starter at some point this year. Um, Interesting. I just, I just don't, I don't know if it happens. I just don't know. I mean, like, what, what has Joe Flacco done to just merit, you know, un, just this, all this consideration to be the starter? I think if he starts slowly, if the team starts poorly, I think yeah. they're going to look at really making a change. But when that happens, then I will run and battle on the waiver wire. But <laughs> I, I'm not, I'm not going to spend a all draft right. pick on him. Fair enough. I just feel like John Harbaugh is one of them old school cats. You know what I mean? Where he's going to stick with his guy, and, and maybe they develop Lamar Jackson as the season goes along. But I don't know for whatever yeah. reason. I just got the feeling that John Harbaugh is not that dude. That's going to bring in the rookie quarterback. Except that, like, you know, there's there's all this these whispers that Harbaugh could be on the hot seat if things start to go bad. Harbaugh's on the hot seat? I mean, is he going to go down with Joe Flacco when he's got this, this hot true. young rookie sitting on the bench? I guess I guess my thought was that he wasn't on the hot seat. That, to me, is – that's crazy. I mean, let's not also forget his brother was a stick-with-your-guy stick with kind of coach, but then uh, wait, wait, famously uh, famously put Kaepernick in okay. over, over Smith, Alex okay. Smith, and kept him there. And Smith was – Younger and healthier than uh, Flacco was in the midst of one of his better seasons. I I think I think we might see Lamar Jackson this year. Okay. It's foolish to dra- take a draft pick on him, and if you're not playing in a, a best ball style format where okay. he's maybe your third third quarterback taken, just because quarterback is insanely deep as sure. it is most years, but especially this year. Now that we've had Goff take Goff and Wentz take the next step, Jimmy Garoppolo's out from the shadow. Brady is starting. Andrew Luck. We think is coming back. Mahomes is starting. Alex Smith is still starting. Case Keenum emerged as somebody that can be fantasy relevant. Gotcha. Marcus Mariota has a new coach. Maybe mm. the corpse of Eli Manning is going to get. <laughs> That's too hard. That's too harsh. The, the you know, but Eli Manning is near the Lamar. end. But he's Give got all these guys Eli around him. Yeah. That just what I mean. Like even I was looking at uh, the quarterback. Uh, uh, ADPs on Fantasy Football Calculator right now, and like you get into the twenties before there are guys that like aren't reasonable starters that could put up like semi decent fantasy weeks over Lamar Jackson who may never see the field. All right, all right, just something again. No, it's, it's a fair question. I think you're starting. You, you read some of the stuff that that uh, is on Twitter sometimes. You know what I'm saying? And and seems to be a little bit of a a growing momentum, I think, for it, Lamar Jackson. It's also the we're at the point of the season where there's like no new news coming out. That's so people true. Have so we're been, just like we're just thirsty for tales. Wheels have been spinning for a while, and you know, <laughs> people are getting the Pepe Silvia like uh, conspiracy boards That's from uh, Always Sunny. But and then uh, we've talked about the backfield a lot. But Alex Collins. Go yeah. get him. I love him. <laughs> I like him a lot. Danny Woodhead retired. Oh, by the way, Ben Ro- oh, Ben Watson rather. Man, so much back. So much less grit in the NFL this year. All right, there you go. The Bengals were seven and nine last year. I was actually surprised. They looked just atrocious. They looked, I mean, just atrocious last year. Seven and nine actually was pretty probably pretty good for them. Quite honestly, uh, the offensive line. It started there, man. The O line looked like trash last year. Andrew Whitworth and remember Kevin Zeitler both left. Uh, that previous offseason, and the O-line took a massive hit. Traded for the Bengals did this offseason for left tackle Cordy Glenn from Buffalo. Huge acquisition from them. I feel like we haven't talked about that enough. They drafted Billy Price from Ohio State at center in the very first round. So the Bengals are trying to address 
that offensive line. I think, I think they did. I like, think those they are, did, those too. Are good, those are good moves. Those I think are not, they did, too. You know, non-zero moves in the offensive line. Cordy Glenn, man, he's a good player, man. He's a good player. And, uh, and again, I don't know about college offensive linemen. That's not, that's not my cup of tea. But Billy Price is taking in the first round. I know the, he, con- the consensus is that that was a smart move. Right, right. right. exactly right. They, need, they had a hole at center, and he's going to fill that for them. And is the type of guy that can come in and start right away and there you go. You know, not make a ton of mistakes. A.J. Green entering his age 30 season last year. In 2017, A.J. Green, 143 targets. It's a lot for him, actually. 75 receptions, so not a good catch rate. But, again, the offense was trash. Uh, 1,078 yards, receiving yards for A.J. Green to go along with eight touchdowns. He actually had a uh, fairly decent season, all things considered. Again, that offense, man, just looked like an absolute train wreck. Well, I think the thing to remember is, I was going to say, as you said that earlier, is that the Bengals were like, were a tale of two teams last year. Because what everybody remembers especially – are those first two games where they got shut out by the Ravens okay. and then where they went to Houston, couldn't score against the Texans, and Deshaun Watson came in and beat them. But then after that, they took the Packers to overtime. Okay, uh, They had a couple other good games in there, and they were actually, uh, it, it seems like an eternity ago, but sitting at 5-7 and seven the first week of December, okay. they were in the playoff mix. They were, um, and which they, was just shocking. And they lost on like a missed field goal just about to the Steelers. Like the Steelers, world beaters, Super Bowl that's bound. Right. That's Bengals right. came in. I mean, these games right. are always close, but yeah. they were close. That game took the soul out of the Bengals. They got smacked by the Chicago <laughs> Bears 33-7. to seven. Then they got smacked again by the Vikings next week, 34-7. to However, the Bengals finished strong. They, in uh, consecutive weeks, knocked out teams with playoff hopes Mm. because they beat the Lions. The Lions needed to beat the Bengals to still be in the mix for the playoffs with the Packers being out of it. The Bengals beat them soundly, 26-17. And then they went and beat the Ravens, who was like a win-and-in situation for the sixth spot. And got the Bills into the playoffs. And got the Bills into the playoffs. (laughs) So, like, they ended strongly. And, you know, their offense also went through some ups and downs because they switched coordinators that we've talked about. They fired their quarterback after two weeks. Quarterback coach. Uh, quarter, well, no, they fired their coordinator and oh, then coordinator. promoted their quarterback, uh, their quarterback coach, Bill Lazor, and yeah. he's staying for the offense now. So you look at – I kind of like the Bengals this year as an underrated fantasy team. Okay. Because you look at – they have coordinator consistency. They've improved their offensive line. Yeah. Uh, they're getting uh, players back for uh, that are healthy. John Ross, by all reports this offseason, has actually like looked like a player that could have merited first round consideration. <laughs> okay. Let's let's wait until we see it on the field. <laughs> okay. But I'm just saying, like, from a guy that honestly, like, the reports last year sounded like he could have just gotten cut last year, I'm like, giving, which would have uh, been unheard of. I'm giving Gelhar the raised eyebrow skeptical. right now. So, like, but to go from like ultimate doghouse <laughs> to actually the team being like. We're really yeah. proud of this guy. He's putting in the work. We're happy for him. I guess. Not like best shape of his life stuff. Sure, but sure. We'll see. But he's coming back. Tyler Eifert, who knows, but no. he could be healthy. Nope. But most importantly, the improved offensive line will help. AJ yeah, Green's back. Help. And then Joe Mixon and Gio Bernard in the back backfield. See, I had spent all this time, you know, I, I have a, like a, a kind of a list of players in my head that I, I consider to be like my, uh, my, you know, and I, I'd rather not. Okay. Like, yeah, I'd rather have somebody else be the headache. Yeah, yeah. Joe Mixon had been on that list, but now listening to Alex talk, like I'm suddenly like intrigued. Maybe I, maybe, I, maybe, maybe I'm intrigued. Maybe I'll take a maybe I'll take a shot at him. Uh. I I am actually I'm actually I'll tell you what, man. Gio Bernard right now has a ADP around 150. Okay, Joe Mixon uh, alternately has an ADP at 25. Give me Gio Bernard. Gio Bernard to me was the just the straight up better player last year. Um, and that is again, true. 
I don't know. I don't know if the offensive line, you know, if that means Joe Mixon when he gets the ball, he's going to have more space. Blah 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 blah. But the playmaker in that backfield last year was clearly Gio Bernard, and I think they tried to force Mixon to be a productive player, and he just did not answer that bell. Uh, so I'm I'm intrigued by that backfield, and I don't think a lot of folks are saying it's a backfield battle, but in my mind, I think it is. I really do think it is. I think it's a it's a one two punch and mixing yeah. going to be the one, but at their I'm not touching Mixon at twenty five though. I, I would be very cool with Mixon if he was more in the like Lamar Millet, Miller draft range. Oh sure, sixth like, round, yeah. Or like fifth round, sixth yeah. round, like because then you've got that Middle tantalizing up, you've got that tantalizing upside, but yeah. Right. Second second round, even third, I'm a little squeamish on Joe Mixon. But I do think there's a story you could tell yourself, like he had hundred and seventy eight touches last year. Only averaged 3.5 yards per carry because right. of that offensive line. He didn't play that great a lot of times, but there were flashes. So you have to wonder if maybe there were some – I mean, running back is the easiest position we hear all the time to transition to the NFL. Maybe there were some hiccups. Maybe sure. you know, maybe he was growing pains, changing offenses. But, yeah, no doubt. Uh, yeah, I like Gio Bernard as a great value. I got to be honest with you, man. I mean, you look at the ADP right now for various guys on fantasy football. Okay? So Joe Mixon at 25, all right? Right after him, we've got Mike Evans. I'd rather have him. Derrick Henry, rather have him. Tyreek Hill. Well, Derrick Henry? Um, what what platform are we looking at? <laughs> football calculator, at 27. That's, Oof, it's, that's, aggra- it's aggressive, but I'd still rather just... have him over Joe no, Mixon. thank you. I don't so, know about that. We, have, uh, we have gone to PKs, by the way. Yes, we have indeed. Yes. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is there. Doug Baldwin, Jay Ajayi, Josh Gordon, Darius Geis, Adam Thielen, Travis Kelsey, T.Y. Hilton. Give me all of those guys ahead of Joe Mixon. I, I just right now in that middle of the second round, that's a that's a non-starter for me, man. That's a non-starter for me. But again, you you mentioned it. Cincinnati did address their offensive line, so certainly some I guess hope and optimism, maybe some uh, upside exists with Joe Mixon. All right, uh, the Browns last year, zero and sixteen. 0-16, the Browns. This is the first I'm hearing of that. <laughs> uh, talk about hope and optimism, man. Holy hell. There's a lot of thought and sentiment that – oh, uh, that uh, – we're watching PKs. I'm sorry. We're <laughs> Falcao just buried it. Buried for, it. Uh, for Columbia. Upper style. deck. Uh, but no, the Bra- there's a lot of a uh, lot of thought and uh, momentum now. I think that uh, the Browns could legitimately be um, a playoff contender here. Whoa! Yeah. Slow down, Turbo. Why? Slow down. Hey, listen, listen. <laughs> Very well respected. Mike Clay has them projected to be a, a, a one of those teams that could be sneaking into the playoffs. I'm just saying. Let's let's calm down on that. <laughs> I I think so I think I looked through it. I, I think just, I had uh, them. I think I had them more it. like yeah. six and ten, which okay. for them is a that's a quantum leap forward. Like, there they, are. They've literally won one, one game, game in the last two, two years. seasons. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So I don't know. Anyways, let's get to their to to their roster reset, shall we? Uh, Isaiah Crowell, he walked. The Browns then signed Carlos Hyde and then promptly drafted highly regarded running back Nick Chubb to form a dreaded three-headed committee with Duke Johnson as well. I mean, talk about a team that was busy this offseason, man. They traded for Jarvis Landry. They traded away a fourth and a seventh to acquire that wide receiver. Then he forms a formidable wide receiver trio with Josh Gordon and possibly, because there's trade rumors right now, Corey Coleman alongside explosive tight end David Njoku. Oh, by the way, they traded for Tyrod Taylor. They traded away a third-round pick. And then they drafted Baker Mayfield as well. I mean, on the offensive side of the ball, it's one of the deeper teams in the NFL, is it not? 
Carlos Hyde, Nick Chubb, Duke Johnson at running back. You got Jarvis Landry, Josh Gordon, Corey Coleman as a wide receiver, and even too deep, I think, at quarterback as well with Tyrod Taylor and Baker Mayfield. Well, this, this is a deep offensive team in my mind, I, and I think that's a big reason why a lot of folks are, are pretty uh, optimistic about what the future might hold and entail for the Cleveland Browns. Absolutely. They're, uh, they're, it's certainly an overhaul, and they have a lot of talent now. There are only really three to four pieces of this offense I want to consider in okay. fantasy. Hit me. They are Josh Gordon, yeah. Jarvis Landry if he falls late enough where okay. he's going right now. No, thank you. Uh, Duke Johnson. And then maybe David and Joku. Okay. If I, uh, I mean, it's Wanna tough. Get spicy. It, it's tough. I mean, if you're in a deeper league and you totally miss the run on tight ends, you could take in Joku and just be aware that you may need to stream quickly afterwards. But uh, our friend T.J. Hernandez over at Four for Four wrote is writing a nice series this offseason about the impact of play caller changes, and it was looking at Todd Haley's history and how he's always traditionally at his many many stops skewed pass heavy. Yeah. And when you combine that with the facts that while this Browns offense is loaded, the defense isn't quite there yet. And uh, also happens to uh, have Greg Williams still running the show, who okay. likes to line his uh, okay. safety up you know, do- in another county. Why are they doing that? <laughs> odds, odds are the Browns will be needing to put up a lot of points and will be on, on offense quite, quite a bit, which would then tend to favor the primary pass catchers, which would be Gordon Landry and Duke Johnson. So he wrote like a great it. article about it, so check out TJ's stuff. Uh, at four for four, but I I understood I liked his logic there, and that's also I mean, but then you the reason even before I read that I don't want to touch Chubb or Hyde is like why do I want like duplicative talents on a lower scoring offense like that are going to eat into each other's work? Well, it maybe maybe one of them emerges. No, I, I mean, mean sure. maybe maybe no, sure. they certainly could, and, and but think, like, and I think part of it too is you're chasing talent because look, Carlos Hyde I think is a talented player. I don't I chase don't. talent anymore. <laughs> <laughs> not, a, not about that life. <laughs> I'm just saying, a lot of folks, they chase some talent. Bolt, I'll, I'll Bolt. chase talent all day long. Oh, no. England, England just got a PK saved. No, Henderson, he plays for Liverpool, too. Uh, By the way, an amazing save. The, it's a very good save. Oh, no. Save. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of folks might be chasing some saves there. Um, chasing some saves. <laughs> chasing some talent there. Sorry, My everybody. God, just, what a great. That was an amazing save. Amazing save. Uh, dude, this, this podcast. <laughs> well, we're almost over. We're almost uh, there, baby. Who else has thoughts on the Browns offense? I don't know. Okay. Well, should we just move on? All right. Let's just move on. <laughs> jo- jo- Browns, I'm sorry. Well, we already talked about Tyler T- Tyrod Taylor recently as a, a quarterback yeah. you shouldn't over overlook. Um, and then those. Why, why is Tyrod Taylor going so late? I don't get it. Because everybody hates him. I know. Doesn't make any sense. Joe Thomas retired, by the way. Uh, did they address the offensive line? Eh, I don't know. We'll see. But the bottom line is they've got talent uh, on the outsides and in the backfield as well. Oh, and Coco 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 just missed. Missed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm so sorry if you're wa- if you had DVR this game and we're watching. Hopefully by now you stopped because we said we were watching the game. Live. I feel like by the time uh, this podcast, I thought the podcast. Oh my god! Right. Wow, just off the top shelf. Uh, you know what? Just hit that sounder. Let's get that ladder. <laughs> Now we're talking no, about no. dog bites and <laughs> dipping. You know, if you like creepy rabbits, uh, this movie's for you. Godzilla is down there. This is why I love this group of guys. We're like, ah, whirlwind, there it goes, boom. Daily dap time. Let's go, Alex Gilhar. Kick us off, pal. I mean, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't at least daily dap the World Cup again. Because again. I think I've done it for the last, like, four podcasts, but the World Cup has been tremendous. The games have been like exhilarating. We've had all sorts of different types of wins. There have been a couple boring ones, sure, too. I mean, that happens in any sport, but, like, man, has the World Cup been fun. The drama. It's been uh, 
been incredibly interesting oh to, my God. to watch it all unfold. The Japanese, the Japan-Belgium game. What the hell? That game yeah. was just that was absolute bananas. Just bonkers. And then uh, Daily Daps 2, NBA Free Agency 2 for uh, not failing to disappoint and being, <laughs> being weird and just so dropping a bunch of uh, crazy knowledge. Uh, yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Uh, Marcus Grant, what you got? Yeah, I'm kind of going to double down because that, okay. that I was going to I was going to dap the uh, the Japan-Belgium game because yes. it was just next level insane. Oh, my God. Uh, the, the whole newsroom came to a halt as that thing was going on. Oh! That's impossible. What? Oh. I know this is not great podcast. But wow. Sorry, don't everybody. Care. Whatever. Who cares? Uh, it only happens once every four years. Let us enjoy it. Uh, and the other, uh, the, the, my other one was actually going to go to Boogie Cousins because I'm a Warriors Boogie. fan. And, um, you know, I'm embracing the black hat theory that you're, uh, you're putting out there, Jeff. Yeah, I do. You know, just, just embrace it. Just wear the all black, all black jerseys all year because they're the empire. Just play that Imperial March every yeah, time. Yeah, you know, you sit down, down to watch the Warriors. <laughs> boo them relentlessly. It's great. I mean, you know, whatever. Who cares? Oh my there they did it! England have Advances. won. Wow! Unbelievable! Wow! Um, yes, I will uh, undap the Warriors. For <laughs> <laughs> the NBA's. I mean, it's over. It's it's July, and the season's over. That's not fun for me. And I love the NBA. Hey now, I love the NBA, and the season is over. I will say though, at uh, you know, at some point though. Because the because the NBA and because we talked about NBA Twitter and stuff and how fun it is, like even if you feel like your team can't win a championship, I think part of the fun of the NBA is the personalities and just all the goofy things that happen on and off the floors. Yeah, so for I think, sure. I think uh, you know, unless you're a you know Warriors, Rockets, maybe Lakers, Celtics, Sixers, if you're any, you know, a fan of you know anybody besides those teams. Just enjoy the sideshow, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it's just weird, man. I mean, you know, again, I've been an NBA fan my entire life, and I, I cannot remember a time when there weren't at least two. I mean, people always say, oh, well, they want parody. They want parody. I get that. That being said, you know, the NBA has done well with two superpowers. There have to usually be two or three superpowers. Um, for there to be real, real interest in the NBA. And we've seen that going all the way back to those, you know, Jordan-era uh, type teams. I mean, out of the West, you had Carl Malone, you know, you had those Sonics teams or whatever they were. And those teams were very, very interesting. You know what I'm saying? But, I mean, as we stand today, the East is trash. There's, I mean, Boston's fine. Uh, and, and they're a good ball club, and they're going to get better. But they're not winning. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're not going to win. Uh, the NBA championship. I mean, it just, it, it's crazy to me that it's over in July. It's craziness. And LeBron going to the Lakers, that's fine. It's very interesting. Uh, happy for all the Laker fans out there. But again, if given their roster right now, if you think they're winning more than 50 games, they're not. It's a 50-50 chance whether or not they even get out of the second round. I mean, that's that's crazy. What if they, go, what if they get Kawhi still? If they so get I, Kawhi. I Jimmy, Jimmy Butler's upset in Minnesota right now. What if, what if they get rid of him? 
another guy who can't shoot that's going to go. Jimmy like, Butler can shoot. How dare you, sir? <laughs> it's like, all right, great. How dare you? They're going to they're gonna run five guys out Look, there. Jimmy Butler, and, Jimmy Butler in college <laughs> wasn't a great shooter. Jimmy, Bu- Jimmy Buckets in the – his nickname is Jimmy Buckets, yeah, James. He, he makes buckets. He doesn't make jumpers. There's a difference. You How know what dare I'm you? He's not a good shooter. It's all right. It doesn't my, matter. My new plan yeah. is uh, right. Jimmy and uh, Kyrie want to play together, so I'm hoping okay. they both finish their contracts hey, now. Sure. Why not? And then they go to Milwaukee. Oh. Jimmy, Kyrie, Giannis, let's go. Okay. I'm just my new fun thing in the NBA is pairing every mega free agent to the Bucks as long as they have Giannis, who says he doesn't want to leave. Daily Daps to Giannis for oh, saying yeah. he, he loves Milwaukee. It's his kind of city. He doesn't ever want to leave because he's crazy, a low-key guy. You know? and it's a low-key city. So I'm like, I love it. I love it. Kyrie's never going to go to Milwaukee, but yeah, I, I like what you're going with that. Uh, no, James, like, I mean, LeBron was going to come to Milwaukee too, but no, the Lake, really Lakers are just a slightly yeah, better deal. <laughs> slightly better. <laughs> uh, Daily Daps to uh, I found this YouTube channel and it's hilarious. He does a bunch of different things. It's called Big Dawes TV. Dawes is D A W S TV. I know I'm late to the game because this guy's been out for a few years now, but uh, he's got a YouTube channel and he does like these like. They're called, I mean, they're pranks technically, but not really, you know? It's not like mean-spirited pranks, you know what I mean? They're, it, I'll give you an example, all right? Like one one example is he's in the streets of Arizona. He goes into the hood, and uh, and he goes, uh, you want beef? As in like, oh, you want to fight, you know? You want some beef? So does he hand you want like beef? a steak or something? And then he's got taped on the inside of his shirt, he's got, Steaks. Actual beef. Actual beef. <laughs> and then right before they're about to fight, he's like, uh, yeah, you know, five bucks if you want some beef. <laughs> and anyways, it's really funny. He also dresses up. Oh, my God. He dresses up as Clay Thompson and goes to the Warriors game. And so many people. He actually got into the player's parking lot. Really? Because people, because he was there dressed in a Clay Thompson jersey. And people thought he was Clay. He was actually Clay Thompson. That video was hilarious. So he was wearing a Clay Thompson jersey, and he looks like Clay. Okay, but so that I know we're running long here. Yes, Don't care. Um, that always things. It, it's a thing that bothers me when I watch commercials with pro athletes. Okay. And in these commercials, they're like walking around town doing everyday things, wearing their uniforms and stuff, <laughs> right? Yes. Like I'm pretty sure Larry yeah. Fitzgerald. You know, he does a lot of things in the community. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. You know, when he's you know, I don't know, at the Rite Aid or whatever, like he's not wearing his red number eleven jersey I while he's he hanging would, out though. there. I wish he would though. That'd be cool. No, yeah, it'd be a little <laughs> weird. Okay, it's, it's a little bit. It's a, you're right. It's a little bit weird. But yeah, no, that's what I was thinking too. It's like, why would Clay Thompson of all people be running around in a convertible with a Clay Thompson jersey on? Like, that's, but but this guy does a really really good job with it, man. Anyways, Big Dawes TV. Uh, if you haven't seen it on YouTube yet, but he he has a, quite a few videos that I was uh, LOLing at. So there you go, producer Lindsay, close out the show. What do you got for daily daps? Your very first daily daps ever. I'm gonna go with uh, one of my favorite bands, okay. MXPX. MXPX. They're a great punk rock band. They're coming to LA this weekend, and I'm nice. pumped to go to the show. Hell Where yeah. are they playing? Where are they playing at? At yeah. the Troubadour. Love Ooh. the Troub. Never been there before, so I'm pretty pumped. Okay. Love the Troub. There you go. Enjoy. Uh, great show. Well, it was an average show. It was an average show. Uh, hit that music. It was an average show, but uh, we were slightly distracted, but that's okay. Uh, we had fun. Man, it's July 3rd. If you can't be a little distracted, show, whatever. The real work starts in like a month. All right, there you go. For the Whiskey from Wisconsin, Alex Gellhart for MG, my guy Marcus Grant, producer Lindsay. I'm James Coe. We appreciate you listening. We'll catch you next week.
you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.